to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. said amen greater 330 today is our fifth and last message of our current greater 330 series and throughout the entirety of this series our theme has really been this to leave the lesser life behind and open your life to the greater life that God has for you. That's what we've been dealing with, that there is greater things that God has for us than greater ways that we're living right now. Than the way that we're living right now, God has greater. And we've discovered that to see greater, it's going to take bold steps. And at times we maybe don't think or that we possess enough faith, enough courage to be able to take those steps. But we discovered last week, they're not big steps, they're just small steps. But they're small steps on their way to a big dream. And we just want to encourage you to dream big, but take those practical, small steps to see God move in your your in your place, in your life, in your circumstances, in your situations. And we pray today that you have come realizing that God has a miracle prepared just for you. That you can come with such an expectancy today. Maybe you didn't come with expectancy. Maybe someone just drug you along today. But I'm telling you, someone has expected for you. Someone has believed for you. Someone has prayed for you. Someone has seen something that you haven't seen and that's okay. But I wonder what our needs are. I was sitting preparing this message this week and I began to write down some things. I wonder what our needs are today. Perhaps for some it's a setback that you've encountered in your life. Maybe it's a discouragement. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a failure. It could be a disappointment. It could be abuse that you're carrying. It could be a marriage that's broken and that relationship that needs to be healed and reconciled. It could be a sickness physically in your body. It could be a financial attack. There's a lot of things that we can come, a lot of needs that we can present to God today. But we believe that God is going to do greater things in your life. We believe that those things that want to come are the things that want to drive us backwards. But God says, I want to drive your life forward into the blessings that he has. Enough is enough. Amen. And we've just been speaking about a greater life, a life that still contains some obstacles. You know, what if the rain doesn't come? What if I dig a ditch and the rain doesn't come? There's still questions that we have in our lives. But guess what? I I believe those times sometimes of greatest questions can actually become God's greatest tools to strengthen and increase our faith. 
Because when we step out and we see God move in greater ways in our life. Today we're going to look at a great story from the life of Elisha again. He's been the one that we've studied throughout the entirety of this series. And we've looked at points and and highlights really of his life. And again, I encourage you to read through the stories of Elisha in the Bible and Elijah. But today we're going to talk about don't plan the funeral. Today we're going to talk about it's not time to plan the funeral. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to have it on the screen so you can follow along with us. But I encourage you today just to listen to what God's word would say. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 through 10 and it says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem. And there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there for him and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes in here, he can turn in there. Okay, so here's the story. That a lady, we don't know how she met Elisha. We don't know how they connected. We know one thing, she obviously was a good cook. Because he enjoyed her cooking. But something transpired in their relationship, in the situation, that one day she comes to her husband and says, hey, can we build a pool house for this guy? Let's build a house, a home, an extra room on our house that he can come there. Anytime he's in town, he can come in and stay. And the husband agrees with her and they build that home. Let's read on, verse 11 through 14. And the Bible says that he asks the lady, are we there with the next scriptures please? Next scripture, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and he lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him and he said unto her, say now to her, look, you have been concerned with us for all this care. What? Can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell amongst my own people. So he said, what is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered and actually said, she has no son and her husband is old. So what have we just read there? He asks the lady, and we've got to remember the words that we read in verse 1. The words we read in verse 1 was, she was a notable lady. And the reason I make mention to that is because of the reply, the response that she gives. When he's asked, what do you need? Look what she says, I need nothing. I have everything, I'm rich, I'm taken care of, I'm established, I'm comfortable, I've got it all together. But you know, here's the deal. As I began to look at that, I thought, on the surface, she's right. On the surface, she perhaps has it all. She has a great house. She has a great car. Her husband's got a great job. They've got provision. They've got a great 401k. They've got retirement. They've got everything. And on the surface, it looks great. 
But there was still a need. There was a need. I wonder today what your need is. Her need was she was barren. She had no child. I think today if every one of us were to be honest, there's a need that every one of us has. We deny it so many times and we don't want to admit that. And there's many reasons we can do that. I I wrote down a few, you know. We, through deception, we turn around and say, well, you know, we we deceive ourselves and we tell ourselves, well, that's not really a need, that's not really major. And we end up deceiving ourselves to the fact that we have a lack in our lives. For some, it's fear. The reason why we don't want to express the needs we have is fear. Fear of what? Fear of being rejected. Fear of failure. Fear of disappointment. What if I open up and express that need and there's not the answer? God doesn't answer. I don't get that response. It's so much easier just to say there is no need. What about being unworthy? A lot of people feel unworthy. Well, you know what? My need doesn't really matter to God because why does he care about someone like me? could be pride. Pride is a massive one that will stop us from recognizing, accepting, admitting we have a need. And I'm telling you today, don't let denial, don't let any form of deception stop you from your miracle. It's so easy for us to say everything's good, but that's just the surface. And we're crying ourselves to sleep at night. We're broken. We're in despair. We're in anguish. God wants to meet your need today. I don't want to spend too long here, but I think it's important for us to not let what could not happen stop us from what could happen. Let me say that one more time. I think it's important that we don't let what could not happen stop us from what can happen. Because many times in our lives we can look and we can say that. Well, what if my marriage doesn't turn around? Well, what if your marriage does? Well, what if God doesn't heal me? But what if he does? You see, when we say what if not, we're not given any opportunity for God. We're shutting the door for our need. We're shutting it closed. The lady was a little bit like this. She knew there was a need. She knew she was barren. Everyone around her knew she had no kids. But you see, she had recognized, or listen to this, she had lived with that need so long that she had convinced herself it was now an impossibility. I guess I'm just going to have to live with this. I guess this is just the cross, the burden that I'm going to have to bear. She now sees an impossibility. Something that she would what? Wouldn't even begin now to torture herself to even dream about. She's not going there. Can I tell you today that God sent me? God set up this day to tell you that he is in the dream restoring business. That he is still the God of the impossibilities. He's still the God that's the only one that can meet your every need. What you have written off, I'm telling you, is just a starting point from God. So don't let what you do have rob you from what you lack. What do I mean by that? I'm rich. I have nothing. That was her response. We can say today, well, my marriage is kind of all right. You know, my finances are kind of... Well, listen, my sickness is not there. Don't let what you do have, guess what, rob you from what you really need today. 
and what you lack in your life. And Gehazi was actually the one that makes the request for her. And he says she has no child and her husband is old. So let's read on with the story, verse 15 and 16. So he said, Elisha said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said to her, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Notice now her response, please. And she says, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to me, your maidservant. What she's saying is this, don't mess with my emotions. Don't build up my expectations to only leave me disappointed again and again and again. My life is okay. In fact, she's maybe saying, my life is really great till you showed up on the scene. Quit messing with what's going on. Come on, I want to mess with what's going on in your life right now. Because if you're settling for a lesser life than what God has for you, I want God's world to collide with your world today. I want you to begin to believe, no no matter how small, how great the need may be. It's not an impossibility to God. And God wants to mess with you a little bit today. He wants you to begin to trust Him and see things like you've never seen them before. You see, there's nothing Satan wants more than to rob us from our miracle before it takes place. And this lady almost had the opportunity to be robbed of her miracle because she turned around and said, don't mess with me, please. I can't take it. I'm happy. Just leave me alone. Have you ever felt sometimes that God's kind of toiling with you a little bit? Have you ever felt that you kind of considered sometimes that God could be punishing me for what I'm... Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one. Has anyone ever felt like that? And sometimes we feel that way because the need seems so big. And we begin to doubt, but Satan wants us to doubt the God who is our answer. But notice what it says in verse 17. God provides for her. But the woman conceived. No matter what she said, God's word still prevailed. I'm glad about that. She conceived and bore a son. And when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha told her, next year you're going to have a son. Can you imagine now how happy she is? One minute, don't mess with me. Don't set me up for a disappointment. Now she's so excited. She feels that foot moving in her belly. She feels that child moving inside of her. The She gives birth to this son. Wow, my life has never been happier. Everything I thought I had now is nothing in comparison to what God has now given me. What a great story. Let's just end it right there and let's go home. But we can't because unfortunately that's not the end of the story. Let's read on verse 18 through 21. And the child grew and now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So the father said to a servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. And then died. And then died. She went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God and she shut the door upon him. And she went out. Joy has been turned full circle. 
The elation, the joy, the happiness has now turned full circle. She is distraught. And you know what she probably said? God, I never asked you for this. God, I never asked you for this. That was the theme throughout the entirety of the life of Joseph. An incredible story and we haven't got time to go into it in great detail today. But Joseph's life started by saying, I didn't ask for a dream. God gave me that dream. I didn't ask for a coat of many colors. My father gave that to me. I didn't ask to be hated by my brothers. I didn't ask to be almost killed. I didn't ask to be sold as a slave. I didn't ask to be accused of rape. I didn't ask to be imprisoned. Can you see his whole life? He didn't ask. He didn't ask. He didn't ask. But yet he got, 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 got. He got everything that seemed completely out of his control. But can I tell you today, God was setting his life up. You may say today, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for that. I'm telling you right now, God is setting your life up. He used every circumstance and situation of the life of Joseph to place him where he needed to be and listen to this, to prepare him for that place. You can't be a ruler if you don't know how to rule. You can't be a ruler if you don't have integrity and character in your life. God used the circumstance of his his life to get him to that place, but also to prepare him for that place. It was a life of obedience and trust he had to live. I didn't ask for this, God. That's what the woman said. I told you, don't toil with me, don't mess with me, don't disappoint me again. She's laying her son on Elisha's bed. She feels forsaken, she feels abandoned, she feels cheated. Listen to me, she's angry. Well, I don't see it says that in the Bible. She's a human being just like every one of us. Don't tell me you wouldn't be angry in that situation. Come on, do I hear an amen in the house? Don't tell me that you wouldn't feel cheated, that you wouldn't question and say, God, what is going on? But something happens. It doesn't tell us what, but something happens inside of her. There's a burst of faith. There's a burst of hope that rises inside of her that she says these words. And I'm reading between the lines today. She says, wait, I'm not planning a funeral just quite yet. Just hold on a second. Don't plan the funeral. Don't plan the funeral yet. Look what happens next. Verse 22 and verse 26. She called her husband and she said, Please send me and one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said to her, Why are you going to him today? It's not the new moon. It's not the Sabbath. And she said, Our child is dead. No. What did she say? It is dead. There is no indication that the husband even knows that the child is dead at this time. She sends word to her husband and the word is what? It is well. Faith has risen inside of her. It says, then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look the Shunammite woman, please now run to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? 
Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. What an incredible, incredible reply. Her heart is broken. Her dream is crushed. But yet she cries out, It is well. It is well. It is well. Let's read on verse 27 and 28. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And so the Shunammite woman said to Elisha, Notice again, Did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Don't deceive me? Once again, what she's saying to him is, What I didn't ask for, you gave. Didn't I tell you not to raise my hopes? I didn't ask to be on an emotional roller coaster. Life was great. You gave me a son. Life was greater. But now he's dead. Now I'm devastated. Now I'm destroyed. What next? I didn't ask for all of this. You've got to hear this today. In essence, she's saying to Elisha, I didn't sign up for this. And those words, I'm sure, are familiar to where you're at today. Come on, I didn't ask to be fired and lose my job and now not able to pay my bills. I didn't ask for that bad doctor's report. I didn't ask to be sick. I didn't ask to live a life of addiction. I didn't ask to be abused and be brought up in a divided family. I didn't ask for my kids to be lost, my marriage broken, for me to be bound by fear. I didn't ask for all this is happening. Why, 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 why? I want to answer that question today with another question. And the question is this. Is this the end of the story? Is this the end? You see, the reality is I don't have the answers to all the whys. All I can tell you is God hasn't finished yet. All I can tell you is this isn't the end of the story. This isn't close the book and let's go home. There's no hope. Come on. It is well. All is well. It's not the end of the story. Quit questioning why and start asking what God wants to do through your life, through the circumstances and the situations. Come on, tell your neighbor, look them square in the face and say, don't plan your funeral yet. Come on, don't bury that dream. Don't give up on your promise. This woman needed something that only God can give. Verse 29 and 31. Then he said to Gehazi, get up and get ready. Take my staff in your hand. Be on your way. If you meet someone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And in essence, the mother was saying, hey, take the staff, go and do whatever you want. But guess what? I'm not letting go to the man of God. Come on, we can't let go of God. And he arose and followed. Now Gehazi went ahead of them. He laid the staff on the face of the child but where there was neither voice or hearing therefore he went back to meet him and told him saying the child has not awakened Elisha the child is still dead it didn't work can you see once again the crossroads that the mother is now faced with does she keep believing or does she plan for a funeral does she give up come on say with me give up 
Because you know, that's most of the time our first response. It's the easiest, less resistant pathway. And I'm sure that was her first thought. That's what she could have chosen to do. Now say with me, don't give up. Because she didn't give up. She believed for greater things, greater things. Can I give you a scripture today? Look at this one. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? Love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. Can I just be honest with you right now? We don't always see that. It's hard to see that when you've got a child laying in a bed, dead. It's hard to see that everything's working together for good. It's hard to grasp those things. But after, we will see it. We'll begin to see it. Our hopes can be crushed. Our dreams can be dashed. But you know what? As we keep believing, at times when it's hard, and we keep trusting when times it feels like it's impossible, but when we keep looking to God, guess what? God is going to come through for our lives. We know all things are working together for your good today. Let's read the rest of the story. Verse 32 and 33. And it says, And Elisha came into the house where the child was lying dead on his bed. He went there. He shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. I'm not going to go into great detail, but you know what? We've shut the door over the last 21 days. What do you mean by that? Jesus went to Jairus' house. His daughter was dead. There was mourners around. There was people that said, hey, she's dead. There's no hope. Jesus put everyone outside of the house except those who were with him, those who had faith. And he shut the door. Why did he shut the door? Because he changed the environment for a miracle. Jesus has changed the environment today for your miracle. Shut the door of unbelief. Shut the door of impossibility. Shut the door of what can't happen and open up the environment of anything is possible With God. Verse 34 through 37. And he lays on him. He went up and he laid on the child. Put his mouth to his mouth. His eyes to his eyes. His hands to his hands. He stretched himself out on the child. And the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and walked back and forth in the house. And again went out and stretched himself on him. Then the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and he said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and when he had come in, and when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground and she picked up her son and went out. God heals her child. A child that is dead, God brings back to life. Elisha lays on him mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. At first there's warmth, but no life. He does it again. The child sneezes seven times. Open his eyes. There's joy. There's elation. When you think about that, laying on him, seven sneezes, that's kind of some strange stuff right there. And don't worry, today when we pray for you, we're not planning to lay on anyone. We're not going to sneeze over you, and we don't want you to sneeze over us too. And you know what? There's many interpretations that we could come to. And I don't know all the reasons why. And you know why? Because I'm not God. But, you know, I I think today, instead of looking for the reasons, I think we need to look what it symbolizes. What is symbolic? What is meant to be seen here? I'm telling you what is meant to be seen. Elisha stretches himself out over the boy. It's a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. A body that was lifted up and stretched out for the redemption and for the healing of our sicknesses and infirmities. 
And Jesus cried out, it is finished. Meaning I've paid the price once and for all for complete healing. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. That's what we're believing for today because it's not just healing of sickness. Come on, we're believing that God would heal every area. Maybe you're broken hearted today and your emotions are shot. God can heal that. You've got financial problems. He was stretched out and won the victory for us. Seven symbolizes the number of completion. So what are you saying? He did it all. He made way for a newness of life. Only God can resurrect that which is dead. Only God can give life to that which has been deemed as hopeless. Come on, heal when the doctors say no cure. Do what no one else can do. Don't plan for a funeral. Today it's time to trust for your miracle. Time to trust for your miracle. I want to share a quick testimony today if the band could come back. And then we're going to pray for you. My cousin... Ben, his wife Miriam, they're here from Seattle. A week ago Thursday, she went to the doctor. She had a lump on her neck. She went to see a doctor. She was having problems with one of her eyes, seeing properly. The doctor felt her neck and said, your lymph nodes are swollen. I need to send you to a, a specialist. They sent her to the oncologist because they feared it was some type of tumor, some type of mass. She went on Friday of last week, not this week, a week ago, to have a biopsy done on the tumor. And when she saw, really, just name it as it is, the cancer doctor, the oncologist said to her, not only is your lymph node swollen in your neck, every lymph node in your body is swollen. We believe that you've got lymphoma cancer and it's throughout your entire body. Can you imagine carrying that through the weekend. They came here Sunday and they heard a message to dig a ditch of hope and faith because God's the only one that can send the rain. On Monday, Miriam went in for a full body CAT scan, waited for the results on Wednesday. And when she went back Wednesday morning for the results, they believed that Tuesday night, Ben and her were in their bed that night and Miriam turned to Ben and she said, I believe God just healed me. Because she had asked the guy doing the scan on Monday. She said to him, have you ever seen someone that has every lymph node in their body enlarged and inflamed like mine? Have you ever known it not to be cancer? And he looked at her and he says, no, but we've got great treatments. That was it. I've never seen it, he said before. They walked in on Wednesday and they believed for an absolute miracle. And the doctor said to Miriam, She said, when I looked at your test, I had to squint my eyes because I didn't want to look and see what I thought was on the test. She says, but when I looked at that test, there was no cancer whatsoever in your body. No cancer whatsoever. And she said, I ran down the hallway to another doctor and said, look, look. And the doctor says, no lymphoma, there is no cancer. She was told that day that there was no cancer whatsoever in her body. Don't tell me that God is not a God of miracles. Don't tell me that the impossible is not fully possible through God. Come on, don't tell me. And the doctor said to her, your prayers worked. Come on, the doctor said... Your prayers worked. Your prayers worked. Your prayers worked. Would you stand with me today? Is it well with you? Can you believe today? Can you accept that perhaps someone else has believed for you today? 
I'm telling you today, it can be well with you when you place it in the hands of Jesus. When you trust Him for your miracle. When you trust Him to bring that dream back to life. Come on, we've prayed. We've prepared. We've dug some ditches. He's the only one that can send the rain. But can you believe this is your moment? This is your We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.